Good evening and welcome to the NRL Supercoach Champions podcast. You're here with um, Guy, Coach of Munsters Inc. And as always, Wilfred's on the other end of the line. How are you going, mate? Yeah, good, thanks. Four weeks to go and I kind of think that season's gone really quickly. But yeah, not not a great week for me. 12.56. Saw me go up a 90 spots or whatever, so not not horrible, obviously, but... Yeah, it's a bit disappointing. Captain Turbo, like a lot of people, and yeah, when it gets my gut, I, I was going to Captain Smith the whole time, and then five minutes before lockout, I got got a bit scared, not Captain Turbo, and just made the switch. So, how'd you go, V? Uh yeah, mate, I was around the same as you, twelve sixty three Captain Turbo as well. Yeah, again, same thing. I had the vice captain on him for ages, hadn't decided on a captain, so just backed him to bounce back. He didn't, but. That's what you'd you'd take your risks on. I'd, I'd, I might just go with him for the run home. I didn't drop too far. I actually went up four spots. So it stopped Back to where sli- you were last week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stopped the slide anyway. Now, nah, still 152 points out from that top 100. So still a goal, but it's getting a bit more unrealistic. So a top 500 finish might be on the cards or 250 or whatever it is. But um, yeah, no, nah, in the... The big one that it's all about is the stake bet now, and our, our gap on them on the Super Coach Report Boys has grown to eight hundred and twelve points. So we're pretty safe. Great, yeah, it wasn't a great week for either of them, unfortunately. So yeah, that that leads uh, looking pretty solid. So we still want to finish strong, obviously. I obviously want to make sure I finish strongly to at least be top one thousand. I mean, I'm one hundred twenty four points from top thousand. That's not much to be honest, and. I'm confident that I'll close that gap and hopefully finish the year strongly in uh, in the top 1,000, which was... Mate, like a top 1,000 finish is good any year, I reckon. So, yeah, good year. Um, well, a quick shout-out to Patrick. He's the coach of Concrete Hands. He's um, haven't seen that name pop up for a while, and he's, he's moved up to 16th overall. So um, keep pushing, mate, and hopefully there's a top 10 finish in your future. Yeah, it's not far away, so definitely go get that cash. So, like I said before, there's only four weeks left. Uh, it's really the business end of the season. Head-to-head finals are starting, and obviously only four weeks left for the overall race. Uh, last week I said it was it was looking like a two-horse race, but then some big moves this week, and it looks like it's now a three-horse race, and that lead between first and second is only 30, 35 points or thereabouts. So it's really tight. It's going to be a nice finish, just like last year. And uh, obviously, each week is really important. Didn't rather... one of the blokes up there, Captain Munster or something? Yeah, so he was coming third last week and whacked the big captaincy on Munster last, and and obviously had a massive fourteen hundred plus score last week, and uh, obviously you know reaped the rewards because he's now only a couple of points off first place and has jumped into second. So, mate, that is a massive core. I I don't mind that from him, at all. Like that that was a I mean it was a pretty tough matchup. Storm were missing some, South were missing some, but no, nah, good on him. I like that call, mate. I, I might back him in for the win. I love Munster too, so yeah, be the second coming of Munster Zinka. Huh? <laughs> yeah, Look, I mean for me, obviously, I feel a bit more. Uh, I guess not not attached, but. In, in tune with how Des is going, who's who's been leading for a long time, because that very much reflects my season. So um, I'm backing him in for the for the run home. He got a lot of calls right for a long time, and he's 
you know, made a couple of shaky ones here, but I back him in. I reckon he'll he'll right the ship and then uh, make sure he finishes strongly. So it'll be interesting. It's got to be a close watch either way, and it'll be great to see how they go. Oh, definitely can't wait to see how it pans out. Just we thought we'd do something a bit different for um, strategy um, this week. So we've um, spoken about how we'd um, go about playing the game based on how far we're back, if we're head-to-head, um, if we're still chasing overall, if you've got to get yourself into a position on the rankings you've never been and you just want to have your highest ranking ever. But um, we get a lot of questions about who to play and who to sit. So for this week, we thought we might just go over some of the games and um, just highlight a few players who we thought might be good good players to start this week and um, maybe jag you some potential high scores. So, yeah, we might just go through that, I think. Yeah, so obviously starting off with this Thursday, Seagulls against the Tigers. So this is at Lotto Land. And I know it was only a couple of weeks back that everyone was hyped up about captaining Tommy Turbo, given how, how well he's gone at Lotto Land uh, or Brookvale uh, over the past few years. So, I mean, my first question is, is he a straight-up captaincy option on a Thursday night? I don't think so. 7.50 game, it's not like it's a 2 or 4 o'clock game or 3 in the middle of the day where... He just turns it on, so I think I think he's a definite vice captain option if you don't like Tedesco against the Warriors, which is also a good option. So I, I wouldn't straight captain him this week. I'd um, vice captain him if you wanted to include him up there. Yeah, I think that's a fair shout. And the fact that it is, is it's it's the first game of the round. It is night time, and yeah, he yeah. There's always a bit of dew or whatever. It could be a bit cold. So I can certainly see the the merit in just sticking the vice captain captaincy on him. We do know he's got the ceiling and he he can give you a loopable score. Uh, but obviously, like like you pointed out, Teddy's got a pretty good matchup too. And vice captaining Turbo would obviously take Teddy out as a captain option for later in the round. So something to keep in mind. Yeah. Do you think um, the Tigers are a team that's packed it in yet? Do you think they'll just lay down and let Manly run over him or? Do you reckon they'll um, show up and put a bit of an effort in? I feel like teams coached by Michael Maguire don't typically roll over. Uh, I know it's a fairly small sample size that we've got in the NRL, but like I don't recall ever seeing any team coached by Maguire, even the Tigers this year. They haven't really rolled over ever and just given up. Uh, the only times I do recall a bit of a blowout was when obviously they got flogged by the Eels earlier this season, but... That was, you know, that they, they were just blown off the park. The Eels were just playing amazing. I don't know how much of that was the Tigers being bad, and I don't really feel like they just gave up. They were just, they just couldn't match it with them at all. So I don't think, while the Tigers are still in contention for the eight, I don't think they're going to pack it up here. Uh, so I do think they're going to make this game difficult. And we've seen that for the most part, the Tigers are, you know, they're not easy beats. Like they're not just conceding mass points everywhere. Obviously, losing Farrah is a pretty big deal. Little's been a bit questionable at times and he hasn't really played big minutes. So that's going to be a bit of a question mark about how this bench is going to be used. You'd think Elijah Taylor is going to end up playing you know, some, some time at hooker. So the other issue, obviously, is with Garner suspended. Uh, what's going to happen there? Are we going to see Chris Lawrence come on to the left edge? Are we going to see Cheekamp shift over the left left edge, Matto go to the right edge like usual, and then Eisenhuth at lock? Uh, and then who comes in? 
into the 17. So, I mean, earlier in the season, we saw Chris McQueen get used off the bench a bit. Uh, Josh Reynolds is obviously still on big money, but hasn't played first grade for a long time. And, I mean, the other two on the extended bench is Robert Jennings and Sam McIntyre. I can't see them getting a run. So it'll just be interesting to see what happens here. Uh, obviously, they've also got a debutante in the centers. So, yeah, uh, I I think I expect the Seagulls to win, but I don't think it it's going to be like a big 40 to 12 score or anything like that. I mean, what's your read on them? Yeah, and uh, the last three weeks, the Tigers, they only conceded, oh, in the last month, they conceded 20 to the Raiders, 26 to the Knights. Um, They kept the Cowboys to four and then the Bulldogs to 18. So I can't I can't see it being a, um, yeah, I can't see it being a massive high-scoring Supercoach game. So um, I think you're right there. They do have that reshuffle and without Farah, it might cause a bit of a, unrest I guess you could say around the team how they're going to move forward but I don't know I think yeah it'll be it'll be tight Manly should get the win but I can't see him scoring too much um I actually think um it might be a, a good game for Daly Cherry Evans I reckon he might um top the super coach scoring um scoreboard so yeah I think that's a good shout uh, the, I guess the other question is probably is um, Jake Trevojevic. I think he's a player, right? You're not going to sit him for this game. Uh, I, you, no, definitely I wouldn't be sitting Trevojevic. And um, obviously uh, a lot of people don't have daily cherry events, but I think if you've got manly players in this game, you still have to play them, though. Yeah, I, I, one one downside, I suppose, is with Sirenen injured. So you got Gus Gus. I don't even know how to pronounce his name. <laughs> Guskowski. <laughs> the jet ski. You got the jet ski playing on the right edge this week. So that could be a bit of a downside because obviously some of Ciro's, Ciro's good work was giving points to Cherry Evans, um, putting him through holes and, you know, running good lines there, whereas uh, Gushevsky's not really that type of player. Um, the, I guess the other big question you're probably going to get is Madison. Is he a start? Is he a sit? If he... It's, I think with the um, Roosters having um, the Warriors this week, I'm probably going to sit Jazz, which will probably give Maddo a start in my side. Yeah, I, I mean, if if he ends up on the edge, if they do reshuffle that way, I think that's a that's a simple answer. You're starting him there because he's got that attacking upside, and I do think he'll get the chance to run at Dylan Walker, uh, which I mean, I'd prefer. Yeah, I'd prefer him running at Dylan Walker over DCE. So. If he's at lock, though, uh, I mean, you know what you're getting. He's generally going to be a safe 55, 60 points in base. Not He's not going to play 80 every week like he did. I mean, not, not that he played 80 last week, but he's not going to get extended minutes like he did because of the injuries. But it will come down to, I suppose, what the what the bench is going to look like. So if there's Little and Elijah Taylor sharing minutes or Hooker, then it's not a four-forward rotation like it was in the previous week. So Matter is going to, it's, he's going to be a safe play. The upside is still you know, questionable. But, yeah, he's definitely looking a bit better the more he plays at that lock position. So on to the next game for for the Friday evening, uh, the Titans and the Eels. This is at Seabus Super Stadium, so not at Bank West, but it is the Titans, though. So, I mean, I think we both agree the Titans, uh, they're pretty much given up, right? Yeah, Titans are done. Like, they didn't even have that bounce back for the new coach. (laughs) Like, they're... Like, I can see them folding in a few years. I, they're just... 
Yeah, well, let's not go that far. But let's let's focus on this season. <laughs> yeah, um, right. I mean, they just got smashed yeah. by the dragons. Like they scored forty yeah. points on them. Para's gonna kill him. All of all of them will get amongst the points. I reckon Moses, Gutho, but I'll I'll tip Siva was the top scorer in that game. And if I had any of those um, Parramatta backs, I'd probably choose them as a vice captain this week and captain Teddy if I had that option. All right. So simple, sim, simple message is start all your eels. So that's yeah. even with even Gutho, right? Even though he, he's got this weird rotation right now where, uh, I mean, if, if you haven't noticed, so uh, Marnie's only playing 60-ish minutes. Gutho goes and plays hooker for 20 while Marnie gets a breather. But he plays hooker in that, you know, when when they're when they've got the ball in hand. So he's basically running after the play of the ball, picking up and then dishing it off to a forward or, or passing it to Moses. And then in in defense, he drops back and plays fullback. And one of the four just comes in and tackles in the middle. So it's basically 20 minutes where Gutho touches the ball but doesn't score a single super coach point, basically. And, and I, it's it's yuck. It's 20 minutes where he doesn't do anything. Yeah, I'd 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 still like him in 60 minutes versus them. First the Titans. Yeah, fair call. Uh, I think, you know, if you've got him, you're starting him. But, I mean, if you've got Sivo and, you know, Wonga Blake or obviously Mitch Moses, he's a much must start. I think some people are throwing the captaincy on him. Can't blame you. No. Uh, you know, Manu Mo, Nathan Brown, start them all. <laughs> I think that's a simple message here. Um, any players of interest at all in the Titans? Obviously, Jai Arrow. It's getting a little bit of interest, given he's a he's a pr- bit of a proven gun when he gets minutes and he's fit and healthy. Yeah, um, he'd be about the only one. But again, I think most people would have traded him out and don't have the trades to get him back in. So, um, if somehow you do have him, play, I'd play him because he's just one of those guys like Jerbo. You've got to do it. You've yeah, but to... last week he only got forty-ish minutes, forty-seven, I think. So, if Maybe I get that was returning from injury, so maybe he doesn't play that many minutes yet, or maybe he steps it up straight away. I would, I mean, unless you're struggling for depth and you don't have other back row options, like I'd be sitting him if I could, just because, you know, if, if we think the Eels are going to smash the Titans as much as we do, there's a, every chance that he spends a lot of his time on ground just standing around watching Moses take conversions. Yeah, you might be right, but I'd, I'd still think, yeah, and most people would have a strong second row. I don't know. I think if, if obviously, if you're up near the pointy end, you probably wouldn't play him. But if you're chasing some points or want a pod, I don't mind it as a play. Fair call. If, um, you're, in, guess... if you're in, if you're in a um, semi-final or something, don't go, don't be going silly and doing something like that in the cash league or anything like that. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, the only other name that kind of sparks a little bit of interest is Brian Kelly. He started off the year on fire. He was averaging, you know, 70-plus whilst playing in a bad team. And then he just dropped off for a good two months where he just didn't do anything. But the last couple of rounds, he started to pick it up again and just got for, I think he scored 99 just this week, uh, obviously against the Dragons, who he gets to play again in on the coast in the final round. So he could be a bit of a pod option that you shouldn't ignore, just keep him in mind potentially. Uh, but aside from that, yeah, really, Jai Arrow is the only player you're going to watch here. Maybe if you know if you're playing daily fantasy sports like Draft Stars or Moneyball or anything like that, you'd probably have a look at Mitch Rain, with Pete still 
out at the moment. But yeah, there's not a lot of interest from a fantasy perspective for the Titans. Moving on to the next game. So the Broncos against the Panthers is at Suncorp. What's your take on these two teams? I find them really, really hard to read. Mate, it's been ridiculous. Yeah, I I think I'd probably lean towards the Broncos just because it's at Suncorp. It'll probably be a battle between the forwards, like forwards too. So I, I don't. I think it might be pretty low scoring, to tell you the truth. I don't think it's going to be a um, massive high point scoring game. I've got. I, I think I'm going to actually play kicker this week. He only got a 41 last week, and I think if people have got him in, they're going to sit him because he hasn't been going that good. But the Broncos forwards still have a few defensive lapses in them, and if Kikau can get some ball out there, hopefully he can jag an attacking stat or two. But, yeah, this, this game's not really exciting me. For two teams who are still in contention for the eight, yeah, it's tough to get a read on. They're both, um, I think these two plus the Sharks, they're the three most frustrating teams for me to try predict at the moment. They're just so inconsistent. Uh, you know, they like the Broncos have managed to beat the Roosters this year, one of a few teams that have done that. And the Sharks beat the Rabbitohs like two weeks ago. And the Panthers also beat the Roosters. And, you know, they, they've managed to score a couple of wins over top four teams, yet they, they'll trot out a loss against the Bulldogs. You know, it, it's so frustrating. I guess for me, it really does depend on what happens with the final teams for the Broncos. You see Gillette and Glenn both on the extended bench. If Gillette comes back, obviously that's a bit concerning because that'll push Pangai back into, you'd think, the middle rotation. Uh, he might start at lock instead of off Hingawi. Pangai has been really good on the edge when he's played this year. I mean, yeah, sure, he copped that 16 a couple of rounds ago, but outside of that game, I think he's averaging 77.5 in his games where he starts on the edge. So that's really impressive. So if, if he's on that um, right edge again, just start him. Don't have to think about it. Uh, he gets to run at Maloney and we know how that usually goes. I agree though, Kikau, if he's running at Pangai, uh, we do know Pangai has some defensive lapses and isn't he's not the best tackler going around. Uh, and obviously Maloney's a, a big in for Kikau. He gets a much better ball. And, you know, he knows how to use him much better than well, any other 5-8 that uh, the Panthers have had playing next to kick out this year. What are the other players here that are of interest? I mean, Katoni Staggs, he's still pretty popular. I know a lot of people are selling him, but people were playing him last week. You know, both of us kind of thought he was going to be a good player last week. I backed out last minute just because I was a bit worried that Pango wasn't going to play on that edge. Uh, there was a chat about maybe um, Fafita swapping to the right edge. And, uh, it, it, you know, it, it didn't actually happen in the end. So that was a bit of a lucky break for me because the only reason I sat him was because I heard that Fafita was going to be on that right edge and he doesn't have as much, you know, he doesn't pass the ball, offload the ball the way that Pangai does to create opportunities for Stags. But if Pangai's playing right edge, I mean, do you like the sound of Stags running at? He's going to be running at Brent Nathan again, who he, he's still pretty inexperienced. Yeah, I don't get trading him out. Like it's um, I mean, if it's very knee jerky for me at this end of the season. I mean, the they've still got they've still got a decent run home. The Bronx. Well, three games in a row at SunCorp. Yeah, all at SunCorp, and, and then last game at the Bulldogs where Stags just went nuts the last time round. Yeah, and they've got Souths who who knows what side they'll trot out by then, but they're decimated at the minute. Para again, a good good side. They're playing some good footy, but away from Bank West, they're not as 
formidable, and then the Bulldogs. So it's all games that they could potentially score in. So I don't know. I think I just don't think people were looking ahead with Stags. De- definitely a differential. So I, yeah. I think you'd have to play him if you still have him. Well, I mean, I still have him, but I'm actually sitting him this week just because I like my matchups. Like, you know, I'm running out Gutho instead, basically. Yeah, I think it depends. I mean, he, he's definitely not a bad play option. It just depends on your, your center wing depth, really. Like, you know, he's probably a better play than Nakora, for example, or someone like that, as opposed to, like, I'd play him over Braden Burns, but, you know, I'm not playing him over Gutho, Sivo. I'm not going to play him over like Manomaru or Bateman or Latrell or anything like that. So, what yeah. about what about someone like Joey Manu? Manu, who's he up against? He's up against uh, Hiku, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably play Manu. I'd go for the upside there. Hiku's not a great defender. Yeah, cool. That wouldn't happen to be beneficial for your team there. <laughs> no, not at all. I've got I've got my um centers locked in. I've, although I do, I am tossing up between um, Manu and Nakora. Currently, I'm not sure which way I'll go there just yet. Yeah, so the other question, I suppose, is Anthony Milford. Been very disappointing as a Milford owner, I'll, I'll, I'll admit that. I feel like he was a little bit robbed last week. He should have got that line break assist that Pangai got for the offload. I thought it was a really good pass that he threw out to to, to Isako. Like, I don't think the line break would have happened without that, you know, the fact that he threw it all the way out to the edge. But, you know, that's why I'm not a scorer, I suppose. <laughs> But, uh, like, because, I mean, I, I own both, so it wouldn't have changed my score at all. I just felt that it was Milford's line break assist more so than Pangai's, that's all. Yeah, um, it's hard. I really can't see in, in the halves using anyone outside of, like, the six, like Sean Johnson, Nathan Cleary, Munster, Ponga, Moses, and um, Cody Walker. So it'd be hard for me to run anyone outside those guys. So if I didn't have them, that's I'd be trying to trade across to one of them to finish a year. So let's say you've got Milford and you've got one last trade. You've got enough money to go up to Munster or Moses or Cody Walker. Mm-hmm. Who would you trade in? Asking for a friend. <laughs> I'd 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 have to stick with Munster. And you pulled the trigger this week. Yep. Uh, it's a pretty tough matchup though. You reckon? Yeah. I oh, know, but they got the Raiders. He's got a minus one break even. Yeah, he's just him and Cam Smith look to be firing at the right time of the season. It's at Amy Park. He's he's actually got the last last three of his matches are down there. One and once he gets past Canberra, then you've got Gold Coast, Manly, North Queensland. So yeah, for me, I think. He's the one you'd have to get in. And I'm pretty sure they'll be looking to run the board the rest of the way. They won't want to cop another loss going into the finals. It's a bit too close to be losing now, sort of halt your momentum. Whereas like a couple of rounds out, it's not too bad. But once you get in the last month, you don't want to be losing footy going into the finals. Yeah, I guess that's a fair shout. I think for me, ultimately, yeah, I am considering a Milford trade to either Moses or Munster, and it's a tough call. I'm also considering just doing nothing and holding that last trade because with Fafita out injured, uh, my front row forward stocks are a little bit low, so I don't want to be caught short if, uh, say, Pangai gets injured again or, you know, is, is suspended or whatever. So <laughs> I have to consider that as part of my uh, thinking. Otherwise, I mean... I. I've I own David Fafita. I got him in three weeks ago as a bit of a pod move. Uh, I traded Mighty Tapau to him. 
Yeah, in, in the end, it was a, it, it's been a better trade, I think. He's outscored Marty, and he's averaging about 70 um, since then with just the one try. So, uh, I mean, I've, I've talked about him as an absolute supercoach gun. His game is so suited to supercoach, very much like Pangai, but in a different way. He's not going to throw the, you know so many offloads, but he's just a hard worker, bust tackles like crazy, and he's so dangerous near the line. Like you saw that try he scored last week, just embarrassed Maguire and then ran over another three blokes and put the ball down. So he's going to do that, and, and I... I think, you know, I'm going to start him this week. And I think, yeah, he's a decent pot if you really wanted to risk somebody for the run home. Um, in that second row forward position, he's only got 4.9% ownership. If, uh, yeah, you're really looking out for someone. But he seems to have nailed down 80 minutes on that left edge for now, which is uh, pretty handy. Well, yeah, but that kind of sucks for, like, future years considering. Yeah, he's another, he's another guy ruined for next year, basically. Yeah. So... Looking at the Panthers, though, I mean, look, Brian Toto, a bunch of people have sold him. He was pretty disappointing last week, only scored 30, which is his lowest score for a long time. I mean, if if you still have him, are you selling him or are you just going to play him this week against the Broncos? Again, I wouldn't play him over those guys we mentioned, like Luttrell, Bateman, Moe. But so I'd probably sit him this week, even though I think he'll, he might jag a pie against the Broncos. Oh, he's just one of those players that you'd have to you'd chuck in on a matchup, maybe at home or something on a on a um Arvo game. Yeah, someone who's been scoring like that, even with like he, he, even with that bad score, he's sitting on a three round average of eighty two and a five round average of eighty one. Like what, I, I don't understand why he'd trade that out. He, he's then got. To finish this um, season again, North like Broncos, he could easily get a try against them. North Queensland could get a try against them. The Roosters might be a bit tough, but then he finishes with Newcastle, who are on the slide a bit. So yeah, I don't know. I'd unless you're trying to strengthen an, another position, but I mean at, at this stage, most teams should have some pretty strong players. I think he's a really good um, differential player to have if you ha- still have him in your centres. Yeah, I think that's a decent shout. Like, it's not just the stats. It's, he passes the eye test. You know, when he runs the ball, he, he makes stuff happen. He's a great finisher. Yeah, he's just he's in great form at the moment. So I certainly don't think I'd be trading him out if I did have him. Uh, I mean, obviously, there are certain situations, like from a head-to-head perspective, where you might trade trade him out because you're trying to cancel out, you know, Sevo as a pod or something like that this week. That, that would make sense to me. But, you know, in a vacuum, I'd just keep him if I could. Nathan Cleary, obviously... He's not going to score 139 this week. I don't think that's going to happen because Maloney's back. I don't know if some of you have seen, but like I was writing about how whenever Cleary's played with Maloney out of the team, he's gone really well. I think his scores are like 68 and 74 and obviously now 139. So that's some that's some average. But Maloney back, uh, it just seems to change the way the Panthers attack. It, they just seem to not know who's really running the show and it can get messy at times. Um, obviously, we've seen earlier this season when they put 40 on, I think it was the Dragons, that they it can still click with both of them running the show together. So I think he's still a play every week. He's got such a good bit safe base. He's kicking goals quite well, as always. And, uh, I, you know, with the Broncos, they can easily fold, unfortunately, um, with them being such a young side. If, if the Panthers get out to a hot start, we could see a bit of a flogging, like you know, not, not quite a, a Melbourne Storm-type flogging at Suncorp Stadium, but, you know, maybe like a 30 to 6 or something like that. What about the um, people who were selling Cleary? 
Yeah, I reckon they might have regretted that, regretted that trade. Oh. It, and uh, he's going to be interesting next year, not just outside of the super coach perspective, but just for footy. I think he'll um, really kick along next year with Maloney gone. Another uh, year, another off season. I'd be 100% with you on that, um, especially with Maloney gone. That's the biggest one there. If it's going to be clear his team and he can be the dominant playmaker, I definitely think he's going to he's going to be able to step up and do a better job. Uh, I know he's copped a lot of criticism, but yeah, from a Supercoach perspective, though, bringing it back to, to Supercoach, I, I definitely will be starting with Cleary next year with no Maloney, and you'd expect with Luai beside him in the halves. Yeah. Righto, so then we go on 3 o'clock game on Saturday in Newcastle and North Queensland. And um, I'll just, I've actually had a few people think say they're thinking about trading out Ponga. What, what do you think about that? I can see where it's coming from because the Knights haven't looked good for a number of weeks now. I mean, they're on like a six-game losing streak, something like that. They, they seem like they're going backwards rather than trying to do something to actually change the team and get out of this losing streak. Having said that, there's no way I'm trading him out against the Cowboys at McDonald Jones Stadium. No way. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's probably not the ideal week to do it. No, there's, it, this, is, this has um, yeah, revenge game written all over it. Uh, <laughs> and we know the Cowboys aren't the best team. They have been quite uh, leaky towards opposition fullbacks. Obviously, it didn't work so well with Milford last week, but Pong is a bit, a little bit better at fullback than Milford. Yeah. I just find it funny. I was looking at a post on um, Facebook too, and they were asking to rank the four fullbacks, Ponga, Turbo, Teddy, and RTS, and in, in the space of like six weeks, he's gone from being the next best thing that everyone was talking about to being fourth on the list of those players. So it's it's pretty funny how super coach outlook or scores seem to affect what you what you look at in a player. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I guess if you're looking in the super coach groups, yeah, I definitely can see where you're coming from there. <laughs> but yeah, look, I think I, I couldn't trade him out. Uh, mm-hmm. I get that it could be a high risk, high reward play in that He's such high ownership. If he continues to score, you know, sub 60s or whatever, swapping him to a Moses Munster, any uh, Cody Walker, anyone like that could really reap rewards if, you know, obviously whoever you trade in for Ponga goes well. But at the same time, I get that Ponga's lost to kicking, but this guy was averaging 80 or 90 at fullback and, you know, maybe eight, 10 points of that was, was goal kicks, but that's still a 70 plus average <laughs> playing fullback. So, he could easily return to that for the rest of the season. Uh, he could easily turn up this week with the double against the Cowboys. Uh, I'm not trading him out. I'm playing him, and I can I couldn't blame anybody for throwing the captaincy on him as well. Yeah, big game for him. Another player we might talk about is Tamalolo. Do you think the Cowboys have packed it up and are sort of looking after him at the minute, or what's your thoughts on that? I mean, his average across the years seventy eight, but. His three-round average now is sitting at 60.7. Yeah, look, he's, he's had a bit of a rough trot. Um, his minutes keep dropping. So, you know, he, there, was, there was a while where he was playing 70, 80 minutes per game the last three weeks because they've had a four-forward bench. He's been playing, you know, low 60s and then 58. And then last week, I think he dropped to 54. So not great at all. But... The, the, the good news for him this week is uh, there's there's Ruben Cotter named in the 14. So he is a hooker, and you assume, obviously, he's going to back up Granville, which means it's just Asiata, Bolton, and Molo 
who's going to be taking up minutes off the bench. And with Maguire out, with Maguire getting, I mean, he played 67 minutes last week, even though some of that was while he was <laughs> playing hooker for Granville. Ah, good old Paul Green. Yeah, look, Lolo, I think I expect him to bounce back to a 65-plus minute game this week. So I, I definitely think he's, he's you're not selling him, you're not sitting him. you gotta, you got to start him. I know he hasn't had a great average against the Knights. If you look at his um, career average, is actually quite low. But I remember looking at this last year. He had an injury-affected score in there, and there's also a couple of games off the bench early in his career. So I wouldn't read up to, read too much into the career averages, but it is true that I think he's only ever scored 61 as his high score ever against the Knights. So that was a, a younger Lolo. And if he's going to get 65 minutes, I've got no hesitation at all starting him. Yeah, no, I'm playing Ponga and um, Lolo this week. But um, is there any other players you think you'd have an eye on in that game? Uh, look, Connor Watson, is he's been, you know, we talked about him earlier when he took over at Hooker with Levi injured. Um, Levi's been dropped to just number 21 after he was, you know, out of the team. And then all of a sudden he was starting and Watson was benched again. And now Watson's back at at the nine. Um, for me, uh, I can't trust Nathan Brown. I wouldn't be able to actually bring him in and play him with any confidence. Uh, but again, you know, a bit of a daily fantasy option, I reckon. Uh, he's been very good for Supercoach and, and fantasy scoring when he's played at, uh, you know, at hooker primarily. Aside from that, I mean, I don't really have too much interest in any of the Knights. I don't think they've packed it in or anything like that, but they are struggling and... Sorry, I'm obviously ignoring Clemmer because Clemmer is just a machine. So well, I don't think we need to talk about Clemmer. He's, you know, that 60 to 70 player and, you know, you just roll him out. You know what you're getting with him. Yeah. Um, what about the Cowboys? Do you reckon they've packed it in? Yeah, I think they have. I, th- I think they know they're done. Like, mathematically, they're still there, but... It's not yeah. happen, is it? No, nah, it's, just, it's just... I think it's a step too far for them at the minute. And, yeah, no, I mean, the only player you, you'd really look at outside Tamalolo for me is probably drink water. But, again, everyone's running Teddy and Turbo, so kind of makes him irrelevant. But um, I could potentially see him having an okay game against the Knights. So, but, yeah, yeah from that, there's not much doing in that game. Yeah, I agree. And we've seen a lot of inconsistency from Drinkwater already this year, which, I mean, no surprise, right? He's a oh, rookie playing yeah, fullback. Rookie. He's he's no longer in the Storm system, and you know what happens to players once they leave. Once that's, Bellamy lets them go. That's just a warning to you, Harry Grant. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Talk about uh, making it very clear what's going to happen next year. <laughs> um, okay. Speaking of which... Melbourne yeah. Storm, Canberra Raiders, 5.30 at Amy Park on the Saturday. It'll be Look, obviously, game. the Cavalry's back. Jerome Hughes and Pappenhausen back into the team. Mate, yeah, we're, uh, that, they're, they're handy ins, but again... It's the Cameron show, isn't it? Yeah, 100% at the minute. Do, do you know he's, he's currently the top scorer in Supercoach this year? Cam Smith or Munster? No, Cam, Cam Smith. What a machine. He just can't stop, can he? No. Like, he's got a ridiculous average, though, right oh. now. Right now, I think he's sitting in the um, 80s or something, isn't he? Hang on, I'll just bring him up real quick. He's currently, he's got a five-round average of 92 and a three-round average of 87. I think he's, in his last five weeks, he's scored 400s. 
something something ridiculous like that. Like he's gone. Here we go from round. Even even look back to round fifteen. He's gone seventy one against the Roosters. Seventy one versus St George. Hundred one versus Sharks. Hundred two versus Gold Coast. Fifty three versus Manly. Hundred eight versus Broncos. And hundred versus South. That's, That's it. Four times in five weeks. Imagine that, not owning Smith. Yeah, four in five. Imagine if you'd captained him that whole time. Yeah. Imagine if I captained him last week like I planned to. <laughs> Mate, he, did, do you get the feeling that he might be pushing hard for like a, a last shot at a title this year and then walk into the sunset? Do you reckon he's got another year in him? I've no doubt he's got another year in him, but I reckon if he, if the Storm take it out this season, the temptation to walk out a winner would be too high. He's got nothing left to prove. He's broken the 400 game barrier, and I think that was probably a little bit of motivation there for him. And, I mean, good on James Graham, too, for 400 first-grade games. But we all know the Super League's not comparable to the NRL. I think the physicality just not not on the same level, right? No. I mean, you get players like Jackson Hastings or um, even David Fafita when he first went over there, got two tries on debut. So, yeah, like you said, the, the intensity. And, I mean, James Graham plays hard every time. But it's just if... I can't see him of, of having such a prolonged, prolonged career if he spent his whole time in the NRL in the front row. Yeah, which, I mean, fair enough. Because, he, like you said, he plays pretty hard. But, yeah, I do think, yeah, if if, if the Storm wins, Smith will probably walk out a winner. I think and, so. And, you know, like you said, you got you got Brandon Smith, the New Zealand hooker, ready to go. But then he might not even get to play hooker because you've got Harry Grant, who's an absolute gun, absolute gun in waiting junior Australian hooker so the production line down there is just unbelievable but I don't know I think at the minute I can't see it not being a Melbourne and Roosters rematch and that that Roosters team's just so good once they click they've they're just got firepower all over the park um, it should be closer than last year but it's going to be interesting but anyway on to I don't think I'm playing Cameron Munster just because I need some upside but this um, Canberra defense is um, solid, mate. They are been so good all year. Oh, <laughs> they've been terrific, and yeah, I think I think I'm going to be playing Smith and Munster. Um, Bateman's in as well because he just keeps pumping out scores. But apart from that, I don't think I'd really want to take a flyer on anyone outside of those three guys. Like, I don't think it's worth bringing someone in just for, for a pun on it because I think defensively these two teams are really good and I don't think you'll get a return in this game. Yeah, no, 100% agree. No one else in this in this game interests me from a super coach perspective aside from yeah, Smith, Munster and Bateman. So look, let's let's just jump straight forward. I mean, sorry, we probably can't not talk about Josh Papali. He's been sneakily going well quite last five rounds, um, seven eight average, only eight percent ownership or just under. You know, he's been on fire, just scoring a couple of tries there, but he's earned them. Like it's not like just strolled through holes. Like he's he's run over blokes and putting the ball down. So, I mean, if you wanted a pod to replace Andrew Fafita with. You can't go too far wrong for Papali, I reckon. No, definitely not. Um, again, yeah, if you got the trades, that's not uh, um, definitely not a bad shout. I just don't expect a, a good score against the Storm. Like they generally just rest the life out of forwards. Yeah, yeah, and they control that the um, ruck pretty well. Um, he's actually he's he's just sitting outside the top twenty, Josh Papali, and. 
total points. He's um, just behind Tamalolo there. He's only eight points behind him. That's a bit sneaky. Points. Keep in mind that Tamalolo missed a fair bit of time at the start of the season. Yeah, that's true too. But um, and Papali had the um downtime through Origin, but that's not too bad for him, I don't think. There's a few actually sneaky players who've made it in there as well. But anyway. So moving on, I guess, to the Saturday night game. So this is the Rabbitohs and the Bulldogs at NZ Stadium. Ooh, what do you reckon? Mate, the Bulldogs have been gritty. They're a team who I thought would have um, packed it in and went home for the season, but they're not good, but they've been gritty. Oh, yeah, so... they, they haven't stopped trying. That's no. one thing you've got to give them credit for. Yeah, South should still get the win, you'd think. But, um, they need it. Oh, 100%. Like I said, that momentum going into the finals, they need to turn that around. But, yeah, they, they should get the win. I, I, don't, I don't think it'll be a high-scoring game. Seven, uh, 7.35 game at ANZ Stadium. Might be cold. No one will want to be there. <laughs> <laughs> really, who wants to be at ANZ Stadium at that time of night? Yeah. <sighs> They've got a pretty good rivalry, though. I think the fans will turn up. Having said that, I mean, I thought the Bunnies were actually a fair bit better last week, even though they lost to the Storm, obviously. But, you know, they were in that game for a, a fair while, uh, which is more than I can say that for for a couple of previous weeks as well. Like, when they lost to the Sharks, they just they weren't looking very good. So I do think that whilst it could be low scoring, I definitely think that the Bunnies will win. There's a potential for a blowout here. Um, if the Bunnies do get on a roll, we know that, you know, likes of Cody Walker can... Can really have a have a day out, um, you know, especially if Cook bit of a revenge game for him, uh, so he could you know want to remind the Bulldogs of what they had and lost. And yeah. uh, Cam Murray's been on fire, like getting the good minutes as well. So even though he didn't score any score any attacking stats last week, you know they're not far away for him, especially with Cook, you know, controlling things from hooker. Who have you got? Who do you like? Yeah, obviously you're not sitting Cook at all. But um, is there any other guys you really like in that? Well, if you've got Cody Walker, you got to start him this week. Cam Murray, I think he's always a good play. Sam Burgess, surprising back at prop, even though he's coming off that quad injury. I mean, I, I if you've still got him, uh, I'd be surprised if you did. But if you still have him for whatever reason, I don't think you could play him. Uh, not till you see the types of minutes he's going to get. Braden Burns, I think he's he's not a not the worst play. I don't love it given he's coming off um, you know a hamstring tightness that he missed the game last week for, so that always makes me nervous. I've I've talked at length about how nervous hamstrings make me <laughs> this year, so I I'm going to sit him. Um, and again, daily fantasy, but James Roberts up against Carrot Holland. Yes, please. I'm going to get him into some of my family, daily fantasy teams for sure. But not not an option, obviously, for Supercoach, uh, unless you're desperate for a pod of some sort, just for a head-to-head play. Aside from that, I mean, from the Bulldogs, look, uh, Hopawati, he's been sneakily going well. He only got 40 last week, but that's 40 in just base, base attack, whatever. For center wing, that's, you know, he outscored Nikora in base. So he's got one of the highest floors you've got going around. Uh, every chance he gets some attacking stats this week. CHN getting 80 minutes most weeks. He's been sneakily doing all right. Uh, has been a little bit up and down base-wise. So I don't mind him as a bit of a pod if you really wanted that kind of higher floor. Um, but, yeah, 
he's obviously not playing for a great team, but they're definitely putting in plenty of effort. Uh, not much, not much else that's of interest here. No. Oh, oh yeah. I think you're you're spot on with Hopper. I was going to mention him. I think he could have a um, pretty good game there. The dogs are they're in, and I, I, I everyone still hates Dean Pay. I still think he's not too bad. I, I think he'll get it together. I think the dogs are going to be a lot better next year. But anyway, moving on, Roosters and New Zealand, two o'clock Sydney Cricket Ground. Start all your roosters. <laughs> Start them all. Um, I've I've just got this is this is a issue I've got at the minute because, and I think everyone's facing this really. Who to include out of um, Turbo and Teddy? Because you can really only start one, and over the last two weeks, Teddy's obviously won unanimously. But um, you mean sorry, captain, captaining, right? Yeah, captaining. Sorry. Not starting. Um, You're starting both, obviously. <laughs> yes. Sorry, mate. I've been i been crook this week, so I'm a bit out of it, guys. But um, yeah. So I think that's what Des has struggled with too. His captain choices. He he backed Turbo a couple of times, didn't he? Yeah, I think the last two weeks, in fact, just like us, both of us, right? We both backed Captain Turbo last two weeks. Yeah, hundred percent. And it's they they weren't bad decisions. It just didn't pan out. But um, it. it'd it'd be hard to go against Teddy. Um, Sydney Cricket Ground, two o'clock. Um, the Warriors, like... They, they were good last week. They were they came good. out really good. Yeah, they were good last week, but then they they sort of, like you said, with the Broncos, and it was a, in that game against Canberra, they showed it where um, they can pack it in as soon as they realise that it's it's over. They, they won't play a full 80 minutes. Um, and I just think if the Roosters get two or three early tries, like they definitely can, I think it could be all over. Yeah, they could run up a score. I'm I'm even contemplating a captain option on Latrell if he plays. Yeah. So I when think, you say if he plays, do we, are you are you actually concerned that he might not play this week? Oh, uh, I don't think so. I think it, it's hard to tell. Like. Some people's stuff like that might affect them worse, or Robbo might just be top, might put an arm around him and just say have a week off. But it's a tough spot. So like so close to the finals, you don't really want him to be resting full games. Um, so I, I, I think he plays, and if when he does, I'll consider him with a captain option. I think he could um, really cause some havoc down that left edge this week. Well, especially if he's up against Jared Bill. Yeah. <laughs> so fair call. Angus Crichton, obviously been quite good on that left edge while Cordner's out, but Cordner in the 21, word is he's going to play. So that to me says Angus is off to the bench again, which is unfortunate. Unless, do you think Albo finally gets pushed back? Surely. I mean, that's the Angus that we always expect him to play the whole season. Maybe, I don't know, maybe he has been taken a bit to get back from that shoulder or. He just didn't quite fit in at the start, but he, he's a quality player. He he was too good to go from what he was doing at South to um, back like that, and he just looked like he'd got back to running the ball hard and um, stuff like that. So if uh, I'd put him on, he, although and it is the left edge, so maybe he does. He's he is a better left than a right edge player. Who knows? Like a lot of these guys are, but surely you've got to play him over Orbo there. Like you can. 
but we're not Trent Robinson, so uh, I mean, we can't question the effectiveness of his coaching. Let's let's put it that way, even though we may not agree with his decisions. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So if if corner if corner is back, if you still have Crichton, you're probably right. I don't think you can play him. And how about Victor Radley? Three round average of eighty seven. It's been on fire. Right. And do you know that was a, that was a smart coach and core bringing in that young kid and I can't say his name properly. Verils. 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 Yeah. Uh, he's, he's an actual hooker. Like he looks good exactly. distributing the ball. <laughs> Imagine putting an actual hooker there and not a makeshift bloke and what it does for your team. Um, Pass the ball both, both sides for the field. Yeah. My, Radley, Radley's a good player who my friends keep telling me is on a cheap deal for the Roosters and I keep reminding them that no one signs a five-year do- deal on the cheap. So, um, <laughs> Especially not the Roosters. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. He's he, been jumping he, up big time, though. Plenty of attacking stats. Yeah. His base still isn't anything to write home about, which is the main concern for me. Yeah, it's a concern. But in that team where they're putting on, like, bulk points, you can sort of nearly expect him to get it. He backs up really well. Um, he always pushes up through the middle, so he's always sniffing around the ball. So at, at some point in time, like Fitzy last year, you've got to sort of expect that those sorts of things are going to happen. Yeah, I think the question is going to be the minutes. Like he obviously got extra minutes last week because he took over at hooker for Verrills in the second half and he ended up playing the full 80, I think, from memory. But, yeah, uh, if he's going to go back to 50-ish minutes at lock, Definitely have some question marks over whether he's going to, you know, keep maintaining that 80, 80-ish average. Um, and, yeah, obviously um, with Jake from Scum, made a bit of a, a little bet. Uh, he, he bet me that Radley was going to average 80 for the rest of the season. This is three rounds ago. So <laughs> he's sitting on an 87 average at the moment. Uh, and I actually said that if he does, um, because he's made such a bold call, I was going to get him uh, on the pod in the postseason as a guest so, oh, see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to happen. It's not yeah, going to happen. Slow, slow down, Victor. Slow down. <laughs> uh, how about the Warriors, though? I mean, RTS. I mean, if you still got him, if you don't, if you if you're believing in RTS over Teddy and Turbo, uh, surely you got to start him, right? Nah, you sit him. Oh, really? Not oh, not even the uh, the revenge game here. Nah, not against this defense, hey. They've conceded 10 to the Knights, 12 to the Dogs, 6 to the Titans, and they, they did let the Raiders go in for 18, but um, I, don't, I don't know. The Roosters were a bit down that game, and the Raiders' tries were a bit... Well, one of them was not conventional, shall we say. So, um, yeah, I'd, just that, that defence, mate, and I, I think... Um, when when they're playing the um, the Warriors, there's not too many players I don't feel whose names are going to pop up in the meeting where Trent Robbo's going to say, shut this bloke down. It's going to be all aimed at RTS, and I see him having a very quiet game. What about Kenny Marmolo? Yeah, I'd, too close to the finals. I think their defence is... I think they'll worry more about getting their defence right leading up to the finals. I, I really, I've got a feeling this is going to be a blowout. I, yeah. I don't, have, I don't have the worries getting over twelve points. And nah, I wouldn't be playing any of the Warriors players to tell you the truth. 
All right, so that means also sitting Jazz. Yeah, I'm sitting Jazz. Bold call. I mean, he's averaging 75 or something. Yeah, so like, yeah I'm sitting him. All right. Oh, but Marmolo, he's just been unstoppable this year. I think the only time he hasn't scored was against the, the Raiders, and he still managed 45 in base. There you go. A good 40... 45 in base. Oh, I, I think he'll get. I think he'll score lower than 45 this week. All right, if, that's a bold call. A bold if you call. Have, if you have Gutho and all them guys, I'd be playing them over him. Gutho, Bateman, all them guys. I just, mate, I've just the Roosters are just going to start turning it on the closer we get, and um, I think it it'll just going to start this week. Fair call. All right, so. If Marmola does not score under 45, I think you're going to have a lot of people hitting you up on Twitter going, what's going on? <laughs> you told me to bench him. <laughs> well, again, this is these are your teams. We just give our opinion. Obviously, it's not always going to be right. But, <laughs> There's uh, the disclaimers coming out. <laughs> no, nah, nah, I, I still think he'll get under 45. I just think these teams that are um, looking to push to the top of the comp are, are just going to start showing through. Um, and there's that clear tier one group of teams who are just um, a step better than the rest of the competition and they're going to start asserting their authority as we get closer to the finals. Yeah. No, look, I, I can see where you're coming from. The only thing with Kenny is that there's every chance while the Warriors score 12 points, like he scores both their tries. <laughs> that's the that's the very highly likely outcome here um, because they've just been so good at getting him the ball and he's just on fire. Like he can't seem to not score the try if he gets a you know even half a sniff at the line. So um, look, I, I'd say though you'd probably sit him because there's much better matchups this week. There are a lot of really good attacking matchups, but geez, it's it's hard to look past. I mean, second highest averaging, uh, no, second most points of any center wing this season. That's better than Bateman, Mahu, Nikora, Hopawati, um, pretty much everybody else. I mean, obviously some of those guys missed games, um, but yeah, he's absolutely on fire. And I can't blame anybody who just wants to keep rolling him out. He's just been that good this year. Anyway, last game for the round, Sharks and the Dragons. This is at Points Bet Stadium, so Sharks home ground. What do we reckon? I mean, this is they, they call it a bit of a, a, a local derby. But um, I don't know. I just think the Sharks should, if they're legitimately challenging for the top eight, they should put the Dragons to the sword. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, I think they oh, – the, actually, I don't think it will be a, a huge a blowout because these teams do generally play each other pretty close, although the, dra- the Dragons are copying a few injuries. It's, it's been a week of revenge games, Ponga and Cowboys – uh, Cook and the dogs are now. Oh, actually, I, is he even is Dugan playing? Yeah, he's named at right center. <laughs> oh, so he he's got the dragons. So another another revenge game. I might chuck him up there. I reckon he might be in for a um big game. Two tries, Josh Dugan. Boy, um, up against Tim Lafay. I mean, I can certainly see it happening, but. I think a lot of the action is going to go down that right edge, uh, sorry, that left edge rather, and attacking the dragon's right edge. So, I'm all all about Ronson Sherry this week. Surely you're you're rolling him out, right? Yeah, yeah, he's in my he's in my side for sure. But yeah, um, up against you and Aitken, it could get ugly. Yeah, 
and that's I, I actually don't mind that from the Sharks. But like whilst they have been up and down, they do look pretty good when Johnson starts drifting onto both sides of the field. So um, hopefully he continues to do that. But um, yeah, I think the dra- again the Dragons are just obviously they're out for the season. So um, there's there's every chance that they do pack it in as well. Uh, injuries. Um, I think they kind of have by sending Tariq Sims off for season-ending surgery. Injury. I mean, this is a this is the injury he's had since the Charity Shield, so he's played with it all all year. And I guess with them basically out mathematically, they've sent him off, and that opens up uh, the left edge for Lucy Lelua who I actually don't mind as a bit of a pod if you really want a, a super high, low ownership pod, 0.7% ownership. But Leilua, when he's gotten the minutes this season, he's gone, you know, 70 plus. Uh, so early in the season, he played 65 minutes, scored 60. Um, 51 minutes, scored 84. 47 minutes, scored 78. And then uh, just last week, he's managed to score 77 points in 32 minutes. So he's really got some attacking upside on him. And I do, if he's going to get, you know, 60, 60, 65 minutes on that left edge, if not 80, I don't think he's got the motor for 80, but if he's getting that many minutes, he's going to be decent for super coach. Um, but if Leilua's playing that left edge, um, I'm actually all over Sean Johnson and uh, Britton Nakora for uh, a decent score this week as well. And Dugan for two tries, definitely a, a good shout because Leilua does not depend very well on that edge. What's um what's your feeling on Wade Graham? He's he seems to be a big trade in. I can totally I can totally understand the the hype about it. He's been really good uh, on the field, and it's translating into Supercoach because he's getting so many attacking stats. Um, that's just the reality, though. You're banking on him continuing to get those attacking stats every chance he gets in this week if he keeps feeding Sherry up against you and Aitken. Uh, I definitely can see some more tries and try assists set up through that kind of connection there. So I don't mind it at all. Uh, 2.2% ownership, it's gone up. I know there's a lot of people keen on him. Uh, so, yeah, I definitely don't mind him as a bit of a high upside play in that second row. I agree. He's, he's a talented player and against the Dragons, he, he should keep his run going. His upcoming opponents to New Zealand, not too bad, Canberra, which should be tight just due to, like I said, Canberra's defence, and then um, West Tigers. But his next three games are at Shark Park too, so that bodes pretty well for the Sharks as a team. Dragons, New Zealand, Canberra, if if they're a top eight side, they should at least be able to win two out of those three games. And really with Canberra at Shark Park, if they really think they're a title shot, they should win that game at Shark Park. Yeah, look, I think I'd agree with you there. So on the Dragon side, um, obviously there's there's some names of interest here. Gareth Widdop, just off 104 uh, against the Titans. I mean, I, I mentioned that he was a bit of a Hail Mary pick and he delivered. Uh, I'm not playing him if I have him, though. Like, you can, you probably couldn't start him against the Sharks or anybody else and, and maybe roll him out against the Titans again in round 25. Um, but... Aside from that, there's a couple of other interesting names. Obviously, I talked about Lucy Lelua, but uh, one guy that we're both pretty keen on is Paul Vaughan. Yeah, um, we were discussing this before. We were actually going to do a different segment on one player that we thought 
we'd bring in as a bit of a pod somewhere, but I might as well just cover it now. Um, he's, his three-round average is 68 and his five-round average is 65. Um, and those are pretty much up around near what Clemmer was putting out, but he wasn't talked about as much. Um, he's put on uh, he put on a try last week against the Gold Coast and then one against Penrith, but he also um, added um, a 72 off pretty much base attack stats um, against South and the 44 against Para. The Dragons weren't too good. Now, um, well, he got hurt that game too. Well, yeah, that was yeah, that's right. He did go off that game. He only played 43 minutes, so he was still at um, a point a minute. So um, he's been in 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 pretty good form. And again, he's got uh, the Sharks is a tough matchup, and so is the Roosters. But he finishes with the Tigers and the Gold Coast again. And um, you'd assume with um, Sims out um, and a very inexperienced sort of pack, he might keep his minutes pushed up to that over the 60-minute mark. And if if he does that, he's got an offload. He's got um, some late footwork at the line. Um, he, he he He's my shout for a bit of a sneaky pot if you're looking to replace Andrew Fafita for the rest of the season. Yeah, so I guess it probably is a good time to talk about Fafita. Uh, obviously injured, but it's just um, it's not a new injury. It's a recurrence of an old one, one that he's carried for the last two years. I guess if you've got the trades, you're trading him out, yeah? Yeah, I think so. I've got one trade left and um, I've only got Harson to Piao in my front row for now because TKO is out, Fafita's out. So I'll probably be looking to slot someone in there. Vaughn? <laughs> yeah, could possibly be Vaughn. <laughs> Do you have any concerns about the Dragons though? Like, as we said, you know, they're pretty, packing, pretty much packing it in. Um, do you think Vaughn's going to potentially be wrapped in cotton wool if, let's say, there is another blowout and, yeah, you know, game's over? I'm I'm not sure if they if they can like, oh, he he won't want to. I, I I just think his nature. He's an Origin player. I I don't think he'll want to um, sit out. And obviously, it's a coach's decision. But um, yeah, that, there's definitely that concern. So. That's, that's why I haven't pulled the trigger and I'll probably wait until the last minute. But um, I, I think I like his... I think I like him a little bit better than Clemmer at the minute. Just, well, they're, they're nearly the exact same player. But, yeah, Vaughan's in a bit better try-scoring form at the minute. Well, he, he can score tries. I don't think... I don't remember the last time Clemmer's even come close to the try line. Yeah, no, me neither. You'd think if there's anyone getting arrested, it's going to be Tyson Frizzell, who seems to be glass. Yeah, and yeah, so I think I think he should be safe. Like if if he's named to play, he I don't think he'll want to sit out, and I think they'll play him. So, um, I thought, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'll take a punt on him, but I might just wait a week and see what happens. Or I might just do what you're you're thinking, and if I'm in a grand final. Take a take a shot on um, Widdop in the last round. Chuck the captain on him against the Titans. <laughs> Trade out Ponga. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Um, that, that review actually took a long time, a lot, lot longer than we expected. Obviously, it's not something we normally do. Just 
because it's yeah i mean there's a lot of other great podcasts who who do the types of reviews better than we do i'd say i, I think yeah very very much this week it's a great time to look at the start sit option so hopefully we covered that for you guys um we're just going to run through some questions real quick um, because obviously hopefully we've answered some of these questions as we've gone but uh, first one from uh, first one from at Mick Weir. Sherry vs. Dragon, Sivo vs. Titans, Kiri vs. Warriors. Which one do I leave out? I'm going to say, I'll say Kiri. Yeah, that's what I was going as well, actually. I just think Kiri's got the lowest floor out of those three options. And we've seen times where, like, the, the, the roosters have gone off. But Kiri's just still scored 20, 30 points just because everyone else is getting the attacking stats. Yeah, because he he throws a nice board to Teddy, who somehow throws an even better board to set up the try. So, um, yeah. and just some of those times, especially on them sweep plays, he gets left out and misses out on the points. So, um, yeah, the other two for me. Yep, sounds like a plan. Next question from at four o three five one. So he's got five trades. He's in head to head. He wants to talk about bringing in a prop for either Fafita or Tauke Aho this week. He's considering Papali as a pod, or he can just cop the AE and he'll get Nikora's score. I think you, if you've got Fafita there, you can put him in and, like, I guess judge how your head to head's going. If you're losing, um, I don't mind, you know, trading Fafita out to, say, a Vaughn. Uh, that, that actually will work out perfect. Like, Fafita to Vaughn in the last game, if you really need to, to throw in an extra player to catch up, or yeah. if you think you've got the win, um, then you can just, you know, cop the AE and Nakora will play that game and you'll get that last score in there. So that's probably how I'd play it. Do you, so pretty much the question is, do you think who scores the most this week, Vaughn or Nakora? Or Papali, I guess, if he's looking at Papali. I definitely don't think Papali is going to go very well uh, against the Storm this week. So I would say there's every chance Nakora actually could go well. Like I said, I do like him running at Leilua. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably just leave for feeder in and um, cop the AE, give you a, a free shot at um, a vice captain. All right, Rod Walker at Bozza148. He's got one trade left. Looking at trading Fogo for Sivo based on the up, excellent upcoming matchups or hold the trade for later weeks. Currently got Bateman, Latrell, Ma'u, Nikora, Gutho in his centre wing, and he's also got Hangai, Cleary, and Kakao as um, reserve options who normally don't make the 17 or, or uh, you know, in there as reserves now and then. Uh, with, with only one trade remaining, I'd probably um, hold it. I'd just, uh, I mean, I'd, I'd do like Sivo for this game, but if you, if you cop a major injury to one of your highest stars... I'd, I'd rather be able to cover him up, especially if you're head-to-head and looking for uh, towards the finals. Yep, that's fair. And I guess if Fogo does come back, you still might get him for two weeks yeah. in round 24-25, I think, potentially. All right, so at Pele's protege, I can't decide who to leave out. Current reserves are uh, Cam Smith. He's got Hook, uh, Cook at the other spot. He's got Moses and Sean Johnson, Turbo and Teddy at fullback. Then he's got Tavanga. Uh, with Jake Travojevic, Lolo, and Murray uh, in his second row. Also got Ponga, Madison, Staggs, Nikora <laughs> on the pine. Worried that Ponga will fight against the Cows and Tigers need the win. I would play Ponga for sure, like yep. I said. Just, yeah, I do think he's going to have a good game against the Cowboys. Uh, and, and I'd leave out Tavanga. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 
Oh, he's also got Munster as his 5'8", Centrelink, Latrell, Batman, Maru, and Sivo. That's one hell of a team. <laughs> That's a solid side. Well, tweet us your rank. Let us know how you're going with that side. All right. Uh, the Crimson Chin, he's got Vice-Captain Turbo, Lockout Teddy as a captaincy option, or Vice-Captain someone else and Captain Teddy. Uh, well, we kind of talked about that already. I think we both uh, are keener on Teddy this week as captaincy options, and uh, we probably vice-captain someone else, yeah? Yeah. It's making me sick because our friend CB's law of averages says that Turbo's going to go off, but, yeah, it's hard to go against the form that Teddy's currently in. All right, so at Mark Mark, 2117-4175, fourth set of wing problems. Got Gutho, Masters, and CHN to choose from. Play Gutho or buy Burns for any of the above, most likely Masters. I just play Gutho. Yeah, play Gutho. Easy. So David Sawyer, one trend left. He's got Milford and SJ as his 5'8". Doesn't have enough cash this week to trade Milford to Ponga. But as long as Ponga doesn't smash out a high score, could do it next week. So he could trade Masters or Ferguson out for Wade Graham and bring Bateman into my centre. I would... Oh, that's tough. You'd want Ponga, but there's no guarantee you're going to be able to do that in one trade next week. Yeah. You'd almost be tempted just to trade out Masters for Wade Graham and get Bateman back to your centre wing, and you might still have Fergo as a pod for rounds 24-25. That's tough, just because I think Pong is going to go well this week. So Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I agree with you for that first assessment of yours. That's what I'd do as well. But, yeah, that's a tough one. I'd hate not owning Ponga, to be honest. That's all. Now, well, it's a lesson learned for next year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Osman, uh, pick one to start center wing, Guthrie or Sherry, and pick one to start in the second row forward, Jake Trevojevic or Ryan Madison. For the second row one, I think it's hard to sit Gerbo, especially if Madison's not on the edge. Yep. Um, so definitely Gerbo for mine. And then I'd say Sherry just because of like what you pointed about, that silly rotation Gutho's been doing. Yeah, with you there. Um, at Supercoach Death Rider, what a name. <laughs> Let's play a game of play, bench, and trade. So the three names is Nikora, Madison, and Jake Trevojevic. Oh. I say play Jake, bench Mado, and trade Nikora. Yeah. Brody at Brody Copeland seven Fafita to Crichton yes or no if no who should I be targeting uh, if Cordner is back then yeah the fact that he's pretty much almost there uh, makes me say no if he's back and he starts over Albo then yes but it's back to that right edge where I thought Cronk and him would have a better connection but they never really came up with it so I, I'm not too I, I don't agree with you on that one I probably would look at it. Um, different option. Yeah, fair enough. So who would you target? Wade uh, Graham? W- yeah, Wade Graham or our friend Paul Vaughan. Yeah, I guess if you're looking at in the forwards, not a, not a bad shout there. Uh, at Douglas Bennington, Katoni stacks to which centre wing? Uh, well, I mean, we've talked about how we maybe just keep stacks, but if you had to swap to someone else, uh, assuming you've got Latrell, Bateman and Ma'u, who would you pick as another option? I mean, Sivo's a great shout this week. Yeah, and Parra's got a good run home, so I'd probably um, take Sivo. Yep, so at Kirsty underscore Brody. So which big names are you sitting this week and which riskier players are you playing? Mm, 
Well, I am currently sitting Tavaga and I'm deciding between Kickow and Madison and it'll currently I've, I'm leaning towards Kickow. I've got Johnson and Munster and Cleary and Ponga. I'm playing all of those guys. Um, I'm sitting Nakora and Simmonson. So I'm I'm jo- Joey Manu. If you think he's a, a risky play against the Warriors, I guess he's probably the riskiest one I've got in there. And for me, I've got uh, I've got Madison and Kikau on the pine at the moment. I've got Stags on the pine. I've also got. Gutherson on the pine, actually, which I think I might regret. So last week I played Nakora over Gutho, and right now I've got Nakora in again, but because of that um, that matchup against the Dragons, him running at Lucy Leilua. And I've also got Brandon Burns on the pine, but otherwise I'm playing. Uh, I've actually got Anthony Milford in my 17 at the moment, although that could change very easily. So there's a chance I might bench him and play Kikau instead, or matter even. So that's probably the riskiest play I've got is uh, David Fafita and Pangai and either, yeah, maybe Nakora or Milford. Then second question there, Vice-Captain Moses or Captain SJ? You've got to go Vice-Captain Moses, yeah? Yeah. All right. Greg McLaughlin, he's got one trade left. He's a head-to-head player. Currently got Fafita and also Taukeahu. Who do I bring in and who for? So you've got Haas, Fanua Blake, Murray, Lolo, Turbo, and Matto. I just hold the trade. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sideways. Especially if you're head-to-head. Yeah. That's sideways at best. All right. And then we've got Angela Grayson. So she's got head-to-head with Gutho, Moses, and Cleary as pods. She's got four trades left. Is it worth bringing one of them in? I was thinking, Sivo for the run home. What are your thoughts? There's the pods in her favour. No, I think the um, the other the other the opponent's got pods of those three. You're in trouble. Yeah, I was going to say that it might be the the problem there. Yeah, well... I'd probably get Moses. Yeah, I agree. For this it, week, it's hard to um, answer without knowing what her players are in comparison, if you know what I mean. Like, we, we can't really determine which is the best one for her to cancel out. Yeah, feel free to throw up your team and we'll answer over Twitter throughout the week. All right, there's a couple more questions, some which we might... There's one from Patrick at Concrete Hands. But I think we'll save this one for the off-season. He asked, what, in your opinion, is a supercoach myth or misperception that uh, needs to be busted? And he gave the example of... Um, my passionate defense of Wayne Bennett at the start of the year about him being a super coach killer. So, look, we'll save that for the offseason, I think. At UUJQ, hi guys, four bench spot from Jazz Cleary, Kenny Bromwich, Kikau. He's got Pong and Teddy Cook, the other three. I would play Cleary. 100%. Then at Maddie82A, only has Haas and Kapow in the front row forward. Scoring non playing reserves will be Madison, Nikora, and Burns. He's asking, should I play Kapow or should I put Fafida in to make a possible loop easy and cop the auto-emergency from from Tapau or one of the other reserves? Yeah, see, I, I don't mind the auto-emergency at the moment, especially when most teams are running, like, 23 deep anyway. And, like, the, most guys have probably got, for, like, players you could rely on who generally score a 50. So while it's still risky... 
I, I don't mind it as a play, especially if it's going to save you a trade if you've got one left. Yeah, but I think what he's planning to do is just the fact that he's basically setting up his team that he'll definitely cop an AE and he's banking on being able to loop. So he's pretty much saying, I've got to nail my vice captain and cop an AE. But if he doesn't, if his vice captain goes like 50 or whatever, then he's copying an AE for no reason, basically. I think I'd, I'd just play Kapow. I think you're making, you're being, you're probably getting a bit too cute to try set it up like that. Yeah. Yeah, I've tried to get cute this year. Don't get cute. It's like, <laughs> I mean, it's... all it takes is Burns to do a hammy and, you know, score a two points or whatever in the first 20 minutes and you, you, you've screwed around, basically. Yeah. That's too risky. At Tane Sarajevo, can Ford bring in one centre wing to replace Fergo for the run home? It's either Sherry, Gutho, Marmolo or Sivo. And also will be a difference in my virtually identical head-to-head matchup also. I think we're both on the Sivo bandwagon, right? Yeah. Although Sherry's not a bad shout, too. Yeah, Sherry's not a bad shout, but just the run home for Parra gives them the edge for me. Uh, last reserve, Adam Madison, Cleary or Burns? Uh, look, Cleary, I think that's a standout for us, yeah? Cleary. Yeah. And at Firecrotch, tossing up between Milf to Moses. He's had a gut full of Milf's output, fair enough. Still yeah. spewing deluxe they gave to Pangai that line break assist over Milford. Or Fafida or Tauke Aho to Ma'u. Last trade, he's in the elimination finals and also chasing points for top 1,000. If you're chasing points for top 1,000, you've got to go Moses. Yeah, I think that's the, the probably the fair call. I mean, Moses is the higher ownership there over Ma'u, though. Um, I, I actually might think trading out Fafida or Tauke Aho to Ma'u might actually be better because, I mean... Maru would be a weekly start in your center wing. And I mean, I maybe I haven't totally given up on Milford, but there's a chance that if you play him selectively, he's still going to have some decent games in this run home. Mm. Yeah, no, I disagree, but. Yeah, no, that's fair. See, I, I, see your, I see the point, especially with the ownership, but. Again, if Moses is outscoring Mo, then you're not cancelling out Moses, especially if Milford's not getting anywhere near him. So, in my opinion, it's still Moses. You know, he might average 70 for the run home or even 80. But, you know what I mean? Like, there's the potential that gap is smaller. But, yeah, I think the percentage play, the safer play is just to go Milford to Moses. But, um, yeah, if you back yourself and be able to pick when to play Milford, it could actually end up better if you went with Maru instead. But yeah, a bit of a risk there. And last question from at Supercoach NRL player. Is play to power this week against the old club or he's also leaning towards playing Gutho over Marmolo? I think to power's a fine play. Yeah, and I think I've already said I think Marmalade's going to go no good, so I'd, I'd lean to Gutho. Yeah, that's a tough one. I think I would say, I mean, Gutho scored 56 with two tries in that last game, so I think I actually would lean Marmolo just because of that base and the fact that that 20-minute vacuum, um, it's like a points vacuum for Gutho where he just does nothing for 20 minutes. That scares me a lot. <laughs> Good luck. Well, uh, I'm just burnt because I played Gutho a couple of weeks back and he scored me 33. So, yeah, <laughs> not bitter at all. 
All right. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this extra long episode. Um, good luck for your start-sit decisions this week. It's going to be a tough one. Um, quick shout-out, as always, to our champs uh, supporting us on Patreon. You know, we, we continue to appreciate your support. And, um, yeah, it's going to be a good off-season as well with the NFL Draft League that we've got going on. And uh, we've got some really exciting plans for next year, which uh, hopefully we'll unveil in the coming weeks as well. Thank you, as always, for listening. Appreciate all, all, all those who leave reviews and ratings and also subscribe. Again, if you want to make sure you get this pod out as soon as it comes out, uh, make sure you hit that subscribe button on whichever um, podcast app or format of how you listen to us each week. So otherwise, all the best for this week, and we uh, will catch you same time next week. Have a good one, guys.